You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to a Friday. It's hour one. It's a meat Friday at that, and I do believe it's uh, officially French dip day. So French dip sandwiches and waffle fries. Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Welcome to the program. Recap what we saw last night. Look ahead to this weekend. Odell with the Rams. As everybody in the media whiffed on that story. Cam with the Panthers. You're going early? What? Look, all of this hype. You got one job. Tell me where Odell's going. I'm not an insider. I thought he was going to go to the Saints. He didn't go to the Saints, the Chiefs, the Packers. I was told, service is close to me, that the Packers were runner-ups to the Rams. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner. You can watch this program if you like, and uh, you can see the Traeger grills fired up as we speak. Also, we say good morning to our radio affiliates around the country. We're numbering nearly 400 cities. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that coming up. We finished up yesterday after the show signing all the calendars. You can get a calendar or you can get a signed calendar. Go to danpatrick.com. We have a lot of new products there, new T-shirts, a tailgate bundle that's awesome. We got uh, Penny's Bang Biscuits. We just added beef jerky. And uh, get a jump on your holiday shopping at danpatrick.com. All right. The L.A. Rams proved once again they're all in for the Super Bowl this season. They signed Odell Beckham Jr. yesterday. And I don't know how all in they could be. Prior to this, they traded for Von Miller. They traded for Matthew Stafford. So... It doesn't seem like they took on too much of a risk by signing OBJ to a reasonable one-year deal. So they're really, really all in on winning a Super Bowl. But uh, Odell Beckham comes in. He's friends with Von Miller. He's friends with Jalen Ramsey. He knows that Cooper Cup's the number one target. Robert Woods is probably the number two target. Is he willing to play the Deshaun Jackson role a role that Deshaun Jackson didn't want to play, and that's why he wanted out of the L.A. Rams, and now he's with the Raiders. Head coach Sean McVay, reputation as one of the more creative offensive minds in the league, and he's going to have to keep everybody happy. The best way to do that, you would say, is winning. If they do that, you would think Odell Beckham would be just fine. And this might be a one-year rental because the Rams are all in getting Vaughn Miller, They don't have any draft picks. They gave all of those up, bringing in Matthew Stafford. And right now, they would be playing their first game, playoff game on the road. If the playoffs started today, they'd be playing, I think, Dallas in Dallas. you got to win your division. Because as great as these moves are, or as talented, potent, uh, marquee names that you have here, Arizona's still the team to beat in your own division. And I think that's interesting going into the second half of the season. Are the Cardinals for real? And if you're the Rams, you better win your division. If not, you're probably going to be on the road for two playoff games if you get by that first playoff game. All right, McLevin, what's the poll question you have today? Oh, I guess you didn't see the emails this morning. Since Seton stole Todd's impersonation bit, I guess Todd thinks he can do the polls today. Oh, wow. What I did is... dive into the polls a little bit. Wow. What's stuck going a, on stuck here? a toe in the water. Okay. Mr. Passive-Aggressive. 
What you never send poll questions? Very rarely, but once in a while, if the okay. if the moon is a, you know in a certain spot, you know, like the summer solstice kind of thing. Okay, so do you want to? Yeah, McLovin. Can I just say he sent three poll questions? The first two are exactly the same (laughs) as each other. And the third one is the most random poll I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Okay. Here we go, Todd. The addition of OBJ will make the Rams much better. You know, it it almost sounds like you're doing a limerick every time you do something. So so stop that because it brings back bad memories. Or does Todd only do the poll question in limerick form? Mm. Go ahead, Todd. The addition of OBJ, what will they say today? Not much better, much worse. What will the addition of OBJ okay. mean to the Rams going forward? Okay. The second poll question is, which I guess is similar to the first, by the end of the season, the Rams will be thrilled they added OBJ, regret <laughs> signing oh, Todd, OBJ. Todd, how do you not realize those are the same questions? It's reworded a little bit. You could like pick which one. Much it's still the same bottom line. It's very similar. Not exactly the same. Just pick one thing. Okay, the third, this one I enjoy, but I don't know if we could fit all of these. Which movie title will ultimately describe Cam Newton's second stint in Carolina? Return to Sender? No Country for Old Men? Loser? The Best of Times? The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? He Got Game? There Will Be Blood? The Cat in the Hat? Lost in Translation? Get Out? Great expectations, die hard, and raging bull. Okay. That's a lot to digest there. Yes. What the heck is Return to Sender? There's like 10 Oscar movies, and then he starts with Return to Sender. That's an actual movie title. You think that's the Elvis Presley song, but Return to Sender is an actual movie Mm. from a long time ago. Thank you, Ted. Um, I think there's something there we can work off of. I feel confident about it. Yeah, see. I just want to say I'm incredibly impressed with Todd's third poll question. Thank you. And it's almost like it's we've never seen that type of creativity. No offense in the poll question before ever. Never. That's I'm I'm shocked. I'm stunned. I think, Todd, you did a great job with that. I appreciate that. Anybody love this is good. Anybody else got a poll question suggestion? Paulie, you got one today. I have one. Oh, great. All right. How about this? All right. If I told you in August, which one would you have not believed the most? Cam Newton will be back with the Panthers. Odell Beckham will be with the Rams. The Jets fans would be excited about a young quarterback named Mike White. John Gruden would no longer be coaching the Raiders. That happened, by the way, this year. Jordan Love would start a game for the Packers, not due to an Aaron Rodgers injury. The Chiefs would be tied for last place in the AFC West. Most unbelievable of those. Those all happened in the past two months. I know. Isn't it amazing? The NFL just, it, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair to the other leagues that they just, there's headlines right around every corner here. Uh, Cam Newton, that's not surprising. Odell, that wouldn't be surprising. Jets fans being excited about Mike White is exciting, but nobody cares about the Jets. John Gruden no longer coaching the Raiders. I. That's crazy when you think about he signed a 10-year deal. And they were winning. Uh, Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers not having an injury. Those would be my two. The Chiefs in last place in the West. Uh, I, I guess I'd be moderately surprised, but not overwhelmingly surprised with that. Yes. But I think they're also in first place in the West. Too. <laughs> <laughs> they're right. That's a weird. The whole AFC is bizarre. This program brought to you by Impeller. Empower your investment portfolio opportunities in Puerto Rico. Impeller, a new online tool that connects investors with innovative projects on the island. Available now. Impeller 
is your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Learn more at investpr.org slash impeller. Do we want to settle on one here? I have another two questions for you. Are the Ravens any good? Yes or no? (laughs) This was a standalone game. And I said yesterday, we don't have a front runner for MVP. But if Lamar Jackson plays well Thursday night in South Florida, he's going to be your leading contender for the MVP. Well, you put up three points in three and a half quarters you're no longer in the top five for MVP. But that that doesn't mean it won't happen in a couple of weeks where Lamar Jackson comes back. And then we'll go, God, Lamar Jackson is so great. What I found out, and I'm reminded of this, is the Ravens aren't an interesting team if Lamar Jackson is not doing anything. Because when he's not doing anything, there is no reason to watch that team. Defense? Uh... No, there's no Ray Lewis there. There's there's no Ed Reed there. It's it's very very bland team without anything from Lamar Jackson. Yes, Eaton. I find myself watching the Ravens getting so frustrated for some reason. Like I just want to be like, who are you? <laughs> I don't know. Like what team are you? Who are you as a team? Who is this? I know. I know. Uh, by the way, Brady Quinn will join us on loan from Fox Sports. We'll get his thoughts on OBJ, also Cam in Carolina. Charles Barkley is going to join us. Here's a stat for you. I was going to save it, but I, I love it because I mentioned that if you don't score 20 points in the NBA, I mean, you're not a, you're not a scorer. 57 different players have scored at least 30 points in a game so far. That matches the most at this point in a season in any season in the last 50 years. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. So Charles Barkley will join us coming up next hour. I'm being told that there's front row anger related to last night's game. Yes, Dan. Seat and I both don't care who wins between the Ravens and the Dolphins. But mm-hmm. there's something that's been bothering he and I specifically for about two years now. You know how at the end of a loss, coaches now go up to the podium, the head coach, and this one's on me. I, I blame myself. Here's an example John Harbaugh last night. That's the nature of the beast. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a road Thursday night game. It's hard to go on the road on Thursday night. But we've done it before, and we've been successful. We just played poorly, and it's, it's because of our coaching. It starts with me, and I didn't do a good job getting these guys ready. He said some form of that three other times where this loss is on me, it's on the coaching staff, the preparation. You're the head coach. You're making $8 million a year. You don't have to tell us that it's on you. It's, that's the new thing in the past two years of the NFL. Put this one on me. When did he realize they weren't prepared? That's what I want to know. Like pregame? Maybe Wednesday? Or maybe t- Tuesday? <laughs> was he like, oh, I'm getting a little nervous about that. I don't know if we're prepared yet. Yeah. And I don't know what what the rationale, the logic is for doing that. Like, I'm going to take all the pressure off Lamar Jackson. Hey, this is on me. This is on me. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> I would love for the head coach to go after a loss. This ain't on me. It's on them. Go in there and ask those guys questions. I wasn't the one slipping and sliding. Yeah, Paul. I had these guys finely tuned right up until pregame. They <laughs> lost it. I was back there with my headset on. I couldn't do a thing. Oh, man, it's amazing the headlines that we've had in the NFL. That's crazy. Odell Beckham, uh, you know, being a Ram, and I think it'll be, I'm curious, I'm curious if he can play the role that Deshaun Jackson played. Because this is, the offense goes through Cooper Cup. They're a passing team. 
you know, you got Los Angeles played a role. You're friends with Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller. Maybe the fact that it is L.A. and there's part of the off-the-field equation. But can Odell, like, what is he expecting and what was he told? I'd be curious about that. Yeah, Paul. If I would have told you uh, three years ago, you would utter the phrase, can Odell Beckham get on the field in a Cooper Cup-led offense? Mm. Yep. <laughs> Things have changed. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. But Cooper Cup is their number one wide receiver. I just don't know. For Odell to make this work, now, now I'm just thinking what Odell was thinking, and that is I got to prove to everybody on a big stage that I'm still an elite wide receiver. Now, how do I do that? Is the offense going to go through me at some point? How many touches? How many targets? These are really important topics for wide receivers. How many uh, targets am I getting? Because they'll come back and look at the stat sheet. Be like, "Uh, I got targeted uh, five times. I got to get targeted more. And you can bet after the Monday night game against San Francisco, then everybody's going to flock to Odell Beckham. Win or lose. They'll go to Odell Beckham. Then he be, then it becomes a thing, just like it did in Cleveland, just like it did with the Giants, that the media knows they can get clicks when you're writing about, talking about Odell Beckham. But the Rams are far more and should be far more than Odell Beckham. If you're going to win, I don't think you're winning because of Odell Beckham. If he can complement what you have, then you might have some magic here. Yes, he But does... Odell Beckham need to prove that he's still an elite wide receiver, or does he need to prove that he's a good teammate? Because those are those are sort of both on the table right now. Of like which so which dude is this? Are you a good teammate or are you an elite wide receiver? You're not going to make any money after this season being a good teammate. You know? I don't know. I, if you're not an elite wide receiver, you can be a good. You know, it, it's like the the uh, the guy on the basketball team that has a three point eight grade point average. You're like, man, we love having him on the team, but he doesn't help you win. It's like he's he's great for the team. It's like McLovin, you know, good grade point average. He said that right to McLovin's face. He was the grades guy in high school yes. who came off the bench. Yes, he was. So does that make me the the diva wide receiver yes. then? The yes. I need touches. and You need to be a better teammate. Or I'm going to just blow up the chemistry. You need to be a better teammate. <laughs> yes, that's what needs to happen. You stole Fritzy's Adam Sandler impersonation right in front of him yesterday. And then I oh, enthusiastically supported one of his poll questions today. <laughs> Good grief, what am I doing? I think you overcompensated with that, where you're like, man, that hurt Todd. Yesterday after the show, I Todd, Todd was over by the weights and he's doing his curls or whatever and I could hear him working on his Adam Sandler impersonation. You're joking. By himself. Also some mumbling some uh, less than pleasant words about the, I know, uh, like but, front but, rope on. But he, I, it was like he was working on his Adam Sandler impersonation because Seton stole it from him. <laughs> I, went, I said, Todd, you still do a better impersonation. I got a little competitive. I, I was able to add like 10 pounds to the bicep curls in anger over that so it all worked out. Oh, we'll talk about Cam Newton going to Carolina. God, what a mess. What a mess in Carolina. It's like, let's replace Cam, and then we'll replace that guy who's replacing Cam, and then that guy who's replacing Cam, and then we'll replace Cam by bringing in Cam. That and Odell Beckham. 
How does it go right? How does it go wrong? Brady Quinn will join us. Coming up next, it's uh, 17 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Came in this morning. Paulie goes, do you smell the onions? I go, how can you not smell the onions? It's French dip. You love onions. Mm, I love the smell of onions. I just don't like onions. Isn't that weird? Yeah. The, the texture. I think you're a texture yeah, guy. Yeah, very much texture. But I like the smell of the onions, the French dip, the Traegers. There's something about as soon as you park the car and you walk over right by the grilling area, and we have four Traegers fired up, and then we're going to build a fire today. Man, it's just great. It's football. There's smoke in the air. Smoke, as Bill Walton might say, Seton. The smoky heat of the Traeger grill <laughs> rising. Phoenix. Uh, Todd doesn't do a Bill Walton impersonation. Oh, the great No, 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 no. <laughs> I've seen the show hey, 4,000 hey, times. How about you imitate a booker and get wow. me another? Oh, what? Really? What? Why fire technology? Control your grill right from your phone using the Traeger app. Don't just take it from me. Try it yourself. TraegerGrills.com slash DP show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This program, award-nominated, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond for their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, built, equipped, engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. We'll get to your phone calls coming up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Charles Barkley will join us coming up next hour. College football this weekend, Michigan-Penn State. Oklahoma Baylor, that'll be on Fox. Georgia at Tennessee. Purdue at Ohio State. Washington State and Oregon. Brady Quinn, co-host of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe alongside LeVar Arrington and Jonas Knox. And you can uh, catch him weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, the show that precedes ours. Also, the big noon kickoff on Fox in Texas. It'll be Oklahoma at number 13, Baylor. Brady, thanks for joining us. Let me start with um, what you saw last night. Did the Dolphins provide a blueprint? We love to do this. A blueprint uh, print on how to shut down Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm not willing to go that far. Um, I, I think what we, what we witnessed, though, and I think one of the things that we've noticed if you've paid attention to the Baltimore Ravens in the second half of the seasons with Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman calling plays is – I don't know if it's a matter of teams figuring them out, but it always seems like that offense hits a wall in the second half of the season. They usually get off to some pretty fast starts, and then they start to kind of fizzle out. And I don't know if that's like a Greg Roman thing when you comb back through the years and feel like from some of the different teams he's been to, like they haven't had a second act or they haven't been able to adjust. But clearly last night was one of those examples of uh, Miami felt really comfortable playing a variation of coverages, kind of some off-man coverage, 
mixing in some zone, but putting pressure on Lamar. And the Ravens' offense, Lamar did not handle it well. And, and it also seems like when he gets in situations where he starts to press, where, I mean, he's literally feeling the pressure. But I just think also because of that point in the game where they needed to come back, they had to do something. I feel like he almost puts himself in some compromising situations, forces throws, makes some bad decisions. I think we've seen that from him from time to time. Um, but so I don't know if it's a blueprint necessarily, more so is it's just kind of been what we've seen from the Ravens, offensively speaking at least, uh, since Lamar Jackson's been quarterback in the second half of the season, and we're starting to venture into that territory. And I'm also wondering about the decision. Jacoby Brissett gets banged up, goes out. Tua is the emergency uh, backup. But then he goes in, he's healthy enough to play, but he wasn't healthy enough to start. I, I, I'm confused with uh, that whole situation, Brady. Uh, join the club. Yeah, I've been confused now for two years with, with Brian Flores and the decisions with two in particular. I mean, last year when he'd yank him out at the end of the game or at, at a, you know after a bad first half, I mean, this is the guy you drafted in the top 10, the first round pick. You've got to see what he can do to finish games or end games. I would say this last year about him, and yet they just put Ryan Fitzpatrick in and let him be the closer. And I understand that Brian Flores wants to win games and he wants to do what's best for his team to win games, but then shouldn't have Fitzpatrick been starting the whole time? Like it, it just never really made any sense to me with when they chose to make the switch to Tua last year when Fitz and the team was playing well, and then the times they would take Tua out of the game. It's like, well, you already made that decision to put him in, like, don't you want to see what you have in him? Don't you want to let this pay dividends in the future where either he brings your team back or he doesn't, but he at least learns from it? And then and this year, like, I mean, it was, it was that case of what last week he was dressed for. And I'm going, wait a second, like, he's healthy enough to go in an emergency situation, but not to start. And then he goes in and he, and he plays better than Jacoby did once he got into the game. So it's – I honestly feel like it's this. If the Dolphins end up moving on from Brian Flores at some point in the future, whether this season goes into a tailspin or they don't end up achieving what they you know, hope to in the future, this will be, to me at least, at the top of my list for reasons as to why. Because I think he's botched this entire situation with even seeing what they have in Tua as a quarterback. And you already know, everybody knows, Tua knows, everybody in the building knows that they flirted with Deshaun Watson. And what they were willing to give up for Deshaun Watson. It almost made that trade. Like, I don't know what that would be like. If you knew your, your wife was negotiating with somebody else, that maybe she would leave you for that person, but then it fell through. Like, how would you feel showing up every day going, hi, honey, how are you? I mean, that, right? No, it wasn't flirting. They went speed dating. Like they, they, they essentially went speed dating. They swiped, right? it's like your they wife, swiped right. Yeah, they swiped. Like it's like your wife going out to one of those speed dating things that we used to have pre-COVID. And you're like, oh, hey, babe, how was your night? What'd you do? Oh, I don't know. I met 10 eligible bachelors who I was like potentially talking to. Uh, found one that I really liked, but we didn't really have much time. You know, you only get five minutes per conversation, then you got to rotate. It was like, yeah, it was one of those bizarre things. When you, you just made this decision to draft him, and, and I always just say this, like I think the league always lacks patience. Fan bases even yeah, have even less. But with quarterbacks, understanding that like it's the one position that you need time, you need experience uh, to develop. And, and I don't know that Tua's had that time uh, and the opportunity to truly develop. And I don't know that the organization can have a true picture of what he is or what he isn't. 
you know, if they wanted a guy who was more more of a, a product that was ready to go right away, they should have just tried to go find a, a veteran quarterback they could go get or trade for with that pick in the draft instead of drafting a guy that's a rookie. Like all these quarterbacks come out of the draft need work. They need some seasoning. So I, I never really understand that when they just want to move on from that decision right away. Um, look, Deshaun Watson is an extreme talent. Any team that has interest in him as a football player obviously has to do their due diligence if he's on the market. But there's still a lot to be figured out off the field. Yeah. And, and, and also, by the way, I don't think this is done. Like, I, I think in the offseason, whatever was on the table will probably still be on the table. It just depends on the, the legal situation that he's in. If I told you back in August, these are some of the headlines that would emerge in the NFL. Cam Newton would be back with the Panthers. Odell Beckham would be a Ram. Jets fans would be excited about a young quarterback named Mike White. John Gruden would no longer be coaching the Raiders. Jordan Love would start a game, but it wouldn't be due to an Aaron Rodgers injury, and the Chiefs would be in last place in the AFC West. Where would you start where you go, I, I wouldn't believe that headline? The Chiefs would be last in the AFC West. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Wow. Everything you threw at me, I mean, well, I mean, let's look at the. I mean, obviously, the situation with John Gruden, the Raiders, is, is terrible. It's despicable. Um, but I do feel like there was a sense for the direction that team was going from a win loss perspective. That at some point, someone's got to kind of you know hold them accountable. Um, clearly, that's not why he's not there anymore. But you know, and even with Odell Beckham, there's kind of always been that like, is he happy in Cleveland? Potential trade rumors. Uh, or how this is going to work out. The fact that he got released and cut uh, is a different way of getting to that. Um, you know, Cam and his and his journey back to Carolina. First off, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he got paid, got the contract he got paid. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like but, there's a lot of But who were former... they negotiating against, Brady? Well, no, that, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't know if it was anyone. <laughs> but, but look, but, but that's, that's the situation that they were in. It's like they don't have to negotiate anyone, but they're negotiating with essentially P.J. Walker for that period of time right now where they're still not technically out of the playoff on the NFC. Like outside of like about five or six teams in the NFC, like that last wild card spot, yeah. the last two, it's kind of wide open. So they might feel like, hey, defensively, we've got a good team. We could still stay in this thing. We just need a quarterback to guide the ship there. And and Cam's our best option. And so it's – yeah, they didn't they weren't negotiating versus anyone else, but – they were negotiating versus staring down the rest of the season of not being potentially in the playoff hunt. I mean, that's what they're negotiating against. Okay, so you get rid of Cam, then you bring in his replacement, and then you pay Teddy Bridgewater $35 million. Then you get rid of him, then you trade for Sam Darnold. You bring him in, you guarantee next year's contract of $19 million. You pass on Justin Fields. So now you're bringing in Cam. You brought in Cam's replacement, then the replacement to – Cam's replacement to now another replacement for Cam's replacement. Now you bring in Cam to replace Cam. God, I want to be Cam's replacement so bad because they all get paid, right? <laughs> like, like, is that the moral of the story right now? I mean, think about how much David Tepper uh, and right now is paying out in Carolina because Teddy Bridgewell's not even there. He's still getting paid. You know, you bring in Sam Darnold and PJ Walker, and it just all comes full circle. Are you the um, same it, age as Matt Barkley? Because they brought in Matt Barkley to. Uh, to play he's he's younger than i okay. yeah he, he, he's younger than i okay. am so trust I, I wish but maybe i should just give him a call and be like hey services are still out there if you want to shell out a little extra money too while you're paying everyone Wait, right when, now I, I'd, I'd love to sign up for that when's the last time somebody reached out to you about playing 
Uh, it would have been back when I was, I think it's 2014. It would oh, okay. have been back when I was, uh, yeah. I mean, at that point I was transitioning to broadcasting, but there was still kind of some interest. And uh, honestly, I think once I was presented with the opportunity I was at Fox and then when, I, when you'd kind of talk to some of the teams and, and their interest was, they were interested, but nothing where it was anything significant. And I didn't want to just go into a training camp, be a camp arm. Uh, I felt like what Fox was offer, you know, offering me at that time to do was intriguing. It was a great opportunity, something that like I, I didn't necessarily realize how special it was at the at the time or what it would build into. Um, but clearly, you know, it was something that I respected enough to say, I'm gonna jump into this next career and take this opportunity. Who's the best quarterback on the uh Fox set? I mean, I would say me. I mean, look, I, I got that like I think every quarterback has that Mike White to them where Mike White's come out to the public like I felt like I should have been the first quarterback first player taking the draft like every quarterback feels that way about their play and about themselves otherwise they wouldn't have played at the NFL level yeah. or wouldn't have the ability to like even if you like I, I think sometimes what impresses me the most is the guys who are so overly confident and they think they can make every throw and they think they can make every play but like objectively speaking you're like you're looking at them going <laughs> That he definitely can't do that. But like those are the guys that tend to succeed at moments because they believe in their abilities even when everyone else doesn't. Um, and, and that's that's why, like, you know, whether it's me or anyone else, Mike White in this case, that's why they're such good stories, is because the journey to get there is a lonely journey. And he's probably the only one, even his parents have probably at some point in time not believed that he was gonna be able to do in his one start and change what he's done so far. He's Brady Quinn, Fox Sports College and NFL studio and game analyst. Um, how does this not work out with Odell and the Rams? It's a tough question to answer because I, I think it's going to work out. I mean, everything, the stars have aligned for it to work out. He's with a great play caller. He's with a quarterback who you know they're going to distribute the football and get him the football. You know, you could complain about, well, what happens if he doesn't get enough targets or touches? And, and he might not in comparison to Cooper Cup, for example. I think he'll be competitive as far as targets with Robert Woods. Um, but Odell strikes me as the type of person. I think we all have these people like that we work with or in our lives. When they come into work, like whatever's going on in their personal life, some people can compartmentalize and not bring that to work. Other people can't. Like Odell strikes me as the type of person that has a hard time if he's not happy outside of football being able to come in and, and be in that work environment and be the type of guy that's enjoyable to be around. And I also don't think he's going to excel if that's the case. Look, he's got a house in LA. He's got interest outside of football. I just think the way Sean McVay handles that team uh, and how he'll fit into that team is a perfect scenario for him. So I don't think it goes bad. Like I, I think he found himself into the perfect situation for him to resurrect things in his career. How does Matthew Stafford approach this relationship? Uh, it, it's one in which I think, look, you, you get him on board, you're happy to have him. But I, I think he knows, and obviously he came to the Cleveland Browns, the situation where they were in the playoff hunt. Uh, obviously, the Rams are squarely in the playoff hunt, divisional hunt. So, you know, you're just trying to get him up to speed. Like, if, if anything, if they don't have a prior relationship, you're just trying to get to know the person. You know, what motivates him, what makes him tick, what he likes, what he doesn't like how he sees the game, you know, all those things, because you've got to get up to speed and build that chemistry in a short amount of time. But you know he's going to want his touches, Brady, because that's, that's how you get the next contract. He doesn't get a contract by being just a good team player. 
he gets a contract by let me show the world what I can still do. And if you get a contract too, you get a contract too when you win. You know, if this if this carries on to winning a Super Bowl, every everyone looks better when you win a Super Bowl. Whether you're as good as you think or not, you're a world champ. Yeah. So as much as he wants his touches and targets, which he was still the most targeted player for the Browns, like we tend to forget that. He was still the most targeted player. It just didn't quite work out. So he'll get his targets. He'll get his touches. But I think if you're preaching him on success and them being able to go and win a Super Bowl, and, and back to my initial point, like in order to get him those touches, you still have to know the person and player. And so you still have to understand like his nonverbal communication, how he moves, how he, how he gets open, how he sees his own coverages, what he likes, what he doesn't like. Like you still have to get all that down in order to get him those touches. So it, it's, it's honestly a lot of trying to hang around each other as much as you possibly can if you're Matt Stafford or Odell Beckham. Like, you're trying to become best friends or speed dating, if you will, using that analogy again, like as fast as humanly possible. Fox Big Noon kickoff in Waco, Texas. It's number 13 Baylor, number 8 Oklahoma. How big is this game for Oklahoma? It's huge because this is now their case for building a resume to get within the top four. You know, they're that, you know, undefeated team that's kind of probably, they probably feel disrespected. And, and yet since Caleb Williams has taken over as their quarterback, the freshman quarterback, this offense has been unstoppable. Now, defensively, they've suffered some injuries and they struggled at times, but this is the case now for Oklahoma to make that run. They've got to beat Baylor. They'll eventually have to beat Oklahoma State and then win uh, presumably versus probably Oklahoma State again in the Big 12 championship game to get that resume where they needed to to be undefeated and be a part of the, the conversation to play for a national championship. Safe travels. Always great to talk to you. Thank you. Have a great weekend, Brady. Thanks for having me guys. That's Brady Quinn. Uh, you can catch him two pros and a cup of Joe alongside LeBar Arrington, Jonas Knox. That's uh, Fox sports radio weekday, six to 9 a.m. Eastern. It precedes our show. And of course the uh, big noon kickoff in Waco Number 13, Baylor hosting number eight, Oklahoma. Take a break. We got our play of the day. Phone calls coming up. Settle on our poll question. Charles Barkley next hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, my God. The play, the play, is play. of the day. Check this out. 1.7 seconds. Now back to Tattersall looking for the open man. Mormon takes it. Mormon with a dribble, a fire from beyond. It's good. JP Mormon fires it from beyond the half court line and it's in. And the Highlanders upset the Sun Devils here in Tempe on a Hail Mary from deep. JP Mormon, the second, is tonight's hero if this call stands. My Highlanders, UC Riverside. They were 0-5 against Arizona State, losing each game by at least eight points. The teams hadn't met since 2004, but that is your play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by the great folks at Panini, the hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the old-time greats, only one place to collect them all. Panini trading cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. For instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more, start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. So, obviously, that was a big surprise. Navy beating Virginia at Virginia was a big surprise earlier this week. 
in college basketball. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. We say good morning to Carol in Virginia. Hi, Carol. Hey, Dan. Hi, Carol. Um, I'm extremely, extremely, extremely excited about last night's game. I'm a Dolphin fan and have been one since um, day one. I was born and raised in Miami, so um, Miami was my team. Um, I was, you know, proud of all the um, the players on the team. Um, I wish they had played like that for the rest of the season and before, but that was – I was – I am still in like heaven. I I can't believe it was such an exciting game. Well, congratulations! I can actually see it on television since I normally can't see it because I live in Virginia. I was it was a great night. I was screaming. All right. Well, thank you, Carol, and congratulations. And uh, you're all set going into this weekend. Glad Carol let me know that she had a great night watching the Dolphins. Yeah, Paul. When you're a fan of a team that's not good and they beat a team that's really good or expected to be really good on national TV, mm-hmm. you dine out on it. Yeah. You dine it out. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Two it through for 158, and uh, he came in for Jacoby Brissett, who threw for 156. Uh, this is the first time the Dolphins have had two quarterbacks throw for at least 150 yards in the same game since 1993. Scott Mitchell and Steve DeBerg. Stat of the day, stat of the day, that stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what stat of the day. I'm sure that that game in 1993 was just as exciting as last night's game for the Dolphins. Scott Mitchell, Steve DeBerg. Yeah, McClellan. Did they win a Super Bowl with a two-headed quarterback one year? Well, they didn't have a two-headed quarterback. They that would be something. That, that, yeah. That, the NFL's had a lot, but I've never seen a two-headed quarterback. Uh, they had two different quarterbacks. Guy's great at looking <laughs> off the safety, though, isn't he? Really don't like his indecisiveness, though. Yeah. One eye's going this way, yeah. other head's going this way. Wait, wait, what, how am I spo- what eyes am I supposed to read, Coach? His head's not in the game. What about the other one? <laughs> Yes, Molly. So I think the Miami Dolphins, when they lost a Super Bowl head, was it David Woodley and Don Strock when they lost to the Red, Redskins with I Reagans? think they won that one of those, didn't no, they? They won, they won 14 to 7. They had Earl Morrill and they had Bob Greasy, I think, as their, uh, their quarterbacks during the 17 and 0 season. But I don't remember Strock playing. I remember Woodley playing, uh, starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. But at least they have Dan Marino. You know, when you think of a franchise without a quarterback, and you can look at the Cleveland Browns and say, all right, have they had great quarterbacks? They've had good quarterbacks. You know, Bernie Kosar was a good quarterback. Brian Sipe was a good quarterback. You can go back to the 60s with Frank Ryan. He was a good quarterback. I don't know if he was considered great, but then offenses really weren't predicated uh, on passing the ball for their success. But Miami, we always think Dan Marino. Like, is there is there a quarterback who looms larger over a team, a team's history at that position, than the Dolphins with Dan Marino? Brady and the Patriots. Steve Grogan was, well, Brady is just so great. But Steve Grogan was was good. Um, and Marino didn't, didn't win. He went to the Super Bowl once and lost to Joe Montana. But I'm trying to think. 
who else would be in there where that quarterback is just so much better than everybody else? I mean, look at the Bears. They're still looking for a quarterback. Right, right. I know. Yes, I'll, McLevin. With Staubach and Bradshaw, those two, but maybe Roger Staubach. Not just because he was so much no, better. But, 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 but Ben's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but Roger Staubach so identified as Mr. Cowboy. I know, but Aikman's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I loved watching Roger Staubach, and I can't imagine how great he would be in today's NFL because he was elusive. He was a great athlete, great quarterback, could throw. And it, it feels like every rule is favoring the quarterback, and Roger probably would have been able to take advantage of that. Um, but they all could. You know, Montana was talking about that the other day. I mean, Brady's able to play because you can't hit him. Even if you just brush up against a helmet, as we saw last night, there were two roughing the passer penalties. That was a 99-yard drive. And that's where I think you have to have replay. When, when, when there's any blow to the head with a quarterback, I think you should be able to just see that and judge it. It's like targeting in college football. It's just, it, if, if I graze you, am I roughing you? And it just, I think it's the word, the definition, like roughing the, roughing the quarterback. I didn't, I didn't rough him. I, I, I like brushed up against his helmet. Troy Aikman even said, ah, that's not rough in the passer. Yes, he. Yeah, right. When you think about it, like roughing, yeah. was that rough? Hey! I don't know if it was. Stop roughing! I wasn't roughing. I, I grazed the passer. Can you call that? Uh, grazing the passer. Defense. 15 yards. First down. All right, McLovin, what's the poll question? So we did, uh, which August headline, which headline would have surprised you the most in August? If we have a runaway winner. 68% say the Chiefs would be in last place Are in the AFC West. Are you kidding me? Then Gruden being fired, Cam with the uh, Panthers, wow. OBJ, and Jets. See, uh, I'm, not, I'm not shocked that the Chiefs are in last place because they could be in first place in two weeks. It's not, it's not like I go, oh, they're all, all is lost here. I mean, it's a competitive division. Oh, the, they are five and four. The leader is five and three. So. Yes. Like, that. wow, you're in last place. Yeah. And by next week, we can be in first place. I mean, that's that's not a precipitous drop where you go, you'll never get out of last place. John Gruden got fired by the league, basically. Aaron Rodgers missed a game and had nothing to do with an injury. OBJ going to the Rams, that's not a shocker at all. Cam going back to Carolina. I wondered earlier in the week why nobody had picked up Cam Newton. And but who was who was Carolina negotiating against? Like we gotta get Cam before somebody else does. Let's give him all this money. Now maybe it's what the uh the veteran minimum would be. And I think he can help them. I don't think they're a playoff team. I mean, let's let's be honest. If Christian McCaffrey is Average, not playing, banged up. They're not going anywhere. Defense is good. And Cam can give you a couple of home run plays. He just can't pass anymore. Well, I don't know if he could ever really pass. But he can pass less than he used to. But Carolina's probably looking at this and going, you know, we're kind of in this. Let's go for it. Yeah, McLovin. Do you think they paid him a little more than they had to just to, for goodwill with him, saying, like, we're all into this. Let's do it, Cam. Or I don't know who does that. Maybe they wanted him to not have a bad taste in his mouth after what happened. Like, hey, we really want you to come back. Come on back, take a victory lap here, and uh, come back home with Carolina. 
We'll check in with the Panthers a little bit later on. Charles Barkley will join us in about 25 minutes.